and I don't know. It's like putting it in. We got a night of soul for you, for you, for you. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. It is midnight in Cozy Corner and around the world. You are listening to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and get ready to howl at the moon. Ow! Are y'all ready? I'm ready. I'm definitely ready. What do we have tonight, Coyote? We have 1932's classic Universal Monster movie, The Mummy Starring Boris Karloff. Wrap it up. I will take it. I am the Coyote, and you are listening to Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Welcome, misfits, miscreants, spooks, specters, astral beings from Dimension X, alien envoys from galaxies near and far, and boogers from around the world. You are listening to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very mummified and wrapped up co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing really great. This is our first October show. I know. I can't believe it. I know. The month of Halloween is here. I know. (laughs) The month of Halloween is here. We're going to have some fun stuff on the show Mm -hmm. coming up with Halloween this whole month of October. We're going to talk a little bit about that later. We have something we're going to do tonight that I think is going to be a whole lot of fun. But speaking of October, that brings to mind September, doesn't it? We had a great September here on the show. We did. We had a record month of downloads here. It, it exceeded our expectations. We had a goal in mind, and it exceeded our expectations. And we want to thank each and every one of you out there listening. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is a return visit for you here to Cozy Corner, thank you for coming to spend a little time with us because we know you have a lot of options with your time. Thank you for choosing to spend a little of it with us. Faith, you have anything you'd like to add to that? I agree. Thank you so much for listening to us because you could listen, like you said, to anything else, but anything you choose else. us. So thank and you thank so you. much. Thank you. It's it's amazing to me. We're sitting in this little room doing this show and we're being heard in Germany and in the UK and in Malaysia and in the Philippines and Croatia and in South America. It's 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 kind of mind boggling. It, really it really is. is. And thank you all for uh, tuning in and supporting us. It really means a lot. And you're the reason that we do this. We mm-hmm. enjoy doing this show. If we have two people listening, I think we would still continue to do exactly. this show because we have so much fun doing it. Um, but yeah, stay tuned though. We have some great stuff coming up in October. In fact, tonight really kicks off October mm-hmm. for us. And we're going to be talking about a movie, aren't we, Faith? What movie is that? We are talking about The Mummy. From 1932. Starring Boris Karloff. And this kicks off several weeks of Universal Monster Movie Classics. We're going to be doing those here in October. And then we're going to lead into our big Halloween show. We think you're going to enjoy that. 
Uh, if you haven't been following, we are available on Mondays. We have Cage Match Mondays. All those episodes are available wherever podcasts are found. TV Tuesday, we're following American Horror Story 1984 and Creep Show. That is on the Shutter streaming site. Those episodes are also available wherever podcasts are found. And all of these episodes talking about movies going all the way back to February in our very first episode when we did Scream by the great late great Wes Craven. All those available wherever podcasts can be found. So, well, that's enough of the shameless plugs, isn't it, Faith? <laughs> now, we want to talk about two quick little things before we get into the mummy. Faith, something really interesting happened here, and we are known for stretching the truth here on the late night fright from time to time but this is an absolutely true story isn't it it is yes would you please share with the listeners this story and this is true i'm, I'm not yeah i'm not being funny here this, this uh, yeah. we didn't make this up i think this happened last saturday or sunday because it was on the news channel like on my phone scrolling through reading and it starts off really strange because there's a truck stop is it a truck stop, technically? It's a truck stop that has an attraction. It has a camel. <laughs> you can stop and see the camel. I mean, so far, that's just like, huh? And it's a very cute camel. Okay, so there's a camel that you can view if you feel the need to see a camel. I don't take know, pictures, at a truck stop. Take pictures with it, you know? You like know, Stop for a snack and see the camel while there you're There you at. go. So this camel did not like the fact that a lady and her dog, well, she was the dog got loose. She was chasing her dog. Right. Camel did not like this. Right. So it chased the lady. It did. Then it pinned her against a wall. Yes, in an attempt to crush her, yes, correct? And set on her. So right. Do you know what she did to survive? I know what she did to survive, but I would really like for you to tell all of our listeners from around the world, as we mentioned, make sure that all of these great people in Germany and the UK and Ireland and uh, Sweden <laughs> and Norway and uh, Malaysia and the Philippines, please tell them what this lady did. And again, this is 100% factual. This yeah. actually happened. I mean, we could post it if you need to see the article. We might. She bit his testicles to survive. To survive. So the camel would get up off of her. And it did. It did. <laughs> and the poor camel had to be put on antibiotics because of the risk of infection from the bite. <laughs> I mean, can, can you even make that up? I mean, no, you can't make that up. And I've made up several things for this show before. You can't make that up. Um, and this camel's become a celebrity, uh, a little bit of a celebrity in these parts. And uh, more power to him. That's just so crazy. Yeah, and she shouldn't have been in the pen. I mean, there were there was there's some things with it, like the camel was really doing protecting its right. its environment. It wasn't being malicious, right. you know. It it gosh, that's. <laughs> It's funny and tragic all at the same time. Like, I, I winced when I heard the story and was giggling. But I'm glad the camel's all right, and then nothing's going to happen to it as far right. as we know right now. Do you have any stories for us? I have a story. I have a story, a true story that was relayed to me. Uh, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Uh, we will call the main character of the story John Smith. So there's a musician named John Smith who was playing in a band, and a few years ago, they found themselves with about four to five hours to kill. They had to set up early for a gig, and then they didn't play for another five hours. So they went to get to get dinner, and they were in an area of town where there are a lot of strip clubs. So they said, "Well, hey, let's go. You know, let's go to the strip club. Why not go have a drink and see somebody naked? You know, because that's as Jeff Foxworthy says, that's all men really want, right?" <laughs> 
yeah, it makes sense to me. So anyway, so they went in there and John Smith was walking in uh, with the full band. All five of them were walking in. And he said, I haven't been in this place in years. And as they opened the door to walk into the dark dankness that is this strip club, uh, the owner sees John Smith and runs up to him and says, oh, Mr. Smith. <laughs> he was, uh, I think he was Vietnamese. Mr. Smith, good to see you again. And then proceeded to move people from the VIP area so that Mr. John Smith and his friends could sit there. And my good friend that told me the story said, yeah, you weren't, you haven't been here in years, my ass. You were here last night. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, why do I get such a kick out of that story? It's just very, it's just very funny. It is funny. It is very funny, isn't it? So. So camels and strip clubs, that's how we're kicking off October. That's how we're kicking off October. As we said, we are so glad that you have chosen. 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 There it is. Live radio, people. We're not going to edit that out. Uh, We're so glad that you have chosen to spend a little time with us here on our little show. But, Faith, we have a little bit of business, don't we? We do. What time is it, Faith? The news. It is time for the news. Corner resident Wilhelmina Wisteria recently had to buy a second house as her first house has become overrun with coffee mugs. Wisteria doesn't consider herself a collector, just someone who really likes coffee mugs. She says there's a mug for every mood and her moods run all the colors of the rainbow. Luckily, her new house is right next door to her old one, so she needs to just pop over when it's time for a cup of joe. Some people, I swear. Some people indeed. Local bartender Windy City recently got quite a laugh during her recent shift at Chicken Strips, Cozy Corner's premier strip joint and Chicken Feeners venue. A drunk customer who was infatuated with the lovely Windy City asked her how she wanted her eggs in the morning. Her answer? Unfertilized. Classic. That's not funny. Yes, it is, Faith. And I'll prove it later. The world is full of problems and no one seems to know what to do about them. That's news. Who, who writes this stuff? been a slow week well finally robert england has still not been on our show robert england is of course the star of eight nightmare on elm street pictures starring as freddy krueger he has an open invite to join us anytime he wants he can come into the studio we can do this over the phone he can send us an email he can send, you us, can a send voice, us a video shout out a voice know? message <laughs> robert we really think you need to be on the show we really that do. is all i'm going to say mm-hmm and that is the news. Robert England. England. Don't keep us dreaming. Come on our show. Come on our show. Come on our show. Prime time. That song never gets old. I love that song. I love that song, too. You know, when we talk about great icons of horror, Robert England's on that list. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lee's on that list. Peter Cushing is on that list. Bella Lugosi, he's right there at the top. Lon Chaney Jr. There's another guy right there at the top with Bella Lugosi, though, isn't there, Faith? Mm-hmm. Who's that? 
Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff, Mr. William Henry Pratt. He is the star of our movie tonight, 1932's Universal Monster Movie Classic, The Mummy. We're going to be talking about that when we get back from this break, aren't we, Faith? We sure are. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. Telling for dummies, based on my new book, you can call in and I will tell you your future. Here's a preview. Um, so I just like really want to know, like, am I gonna die? Seriously, am I gonna die? Yes. Join me, Antoine Duplass, Isaac, here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio for fortune telling for dummies. I tell you I'll see you there, but I already know I will. Antoine will play out. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Now, we had a news bit about Miss Windy City, who works over at Chicken Strips. She had a great comeback to this this drunken hitting on, I don't know, this drunken pass that this man made. He asked her, he said, hey, how do you like your eggs in the morning? Of course, the insinuation being that he wanted to spend the night with her. Mm -hmm. How do you like your eggs in the morning? Her response was classic. She said, unfertilized. Now, Faith, you don't think this is funny, do you? No, not really. You, I mean, you're like stone-faced right yeah. now. This is, I've never seen you like this. Um, I'm going to prove to you that this is hysterical. Now, what we have, and if you look, if Faith, if Faith can see it. I'm just going to paint the picture here for our listeners. Right here through our window in the booth. Now, we have the uh, staff and crew here at WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We have a microphone in there. Hey, guys, how are you all doing? Hey! They are the loveliest bunch of karma chameleons I've ever seen in my life. Hey, guys, it's, it's great to see you. Now, now I'm telling you, Faith, you, you're going to see how funny this is. I right? would like to see you try to prove me wrong. All right, so this is what's going to happen. I am going to play the part of the drunken customer at the bar, mm-hmm. sitting at the bar at Chicken Strips. Now, you're going to play Miss Windy City. Okay. You are going to give the exact same answer that she gave to me. So I'm going to I'm going to give the pass. I'm going to hit on you. You give the answer and you're going to see how funny this really is. Maybe you just don't get the joke. I don't know. I don't know. Here we go. You ready? All right. Uh, 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 uh hey baby. Uh, how do you like your eggs in the morning? 
unfertilized? Faith, listen, listen to the response from, from the crew. Isn't that amazing? I still don't think it's funny. It's hysteric. I will prove it to you at the end of the night. I will, I will just keep trying to prove I this. I respect too. it, but I don't think it's funny. It's hysterical, Faith. It's hysterical. Mm-hmm. It's one of the great comebacks of all time. I'll respect it. Well, moving on, we have a movie that I'm very wrapped up in. Har, har. Har, har, har. See what I did there? I, I saw it. Mm-hmm. Faith, what are we talking about? 1932's The Mummy. That's right. The Mummy, released by Universal Pictures. This film comes on the heels of 1931's Frankenstein as a showcase for their newly minted horror star, Mr. William Henry Pratt. Is that right? I don't know who that is. William Henry Pratt. Let's see. It says here, better known to moviegoers around the world as Boris Karloff. There we go. Karloff the Uncanny. There we go. That's better. That rings a bell. That rings a bell. Here we get to hear the great Karloff speak, and his lovely lisp is on full display as the character of Imhotep, an ancient Egyptian high priest who is buried alive for daring to defy the gods. I hate when that happens. I know. He is brought back to life in 1921 when his tomb is discovered and he is revived through the recitation of the Scroll of Thoth. Thoth. That's how they say it in the movie. That's how Korolov says it with that list. Thoth. Mm-hmm. He then poses as a modern Egyptian named Ardeth Bey. That's an anagram of death by Ra. Ooh. And he sets about his business of reviving his lost love, Princess Anaximamun. Did good on that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Would you like to give that a go? Anoxanamon? Anoxanamon? Anoxanamon. What does that sound? That sounds like a. Um, that sounds like a facial cream, doesn't it? <laughs> it like, does. like right by. Uh, I'm going to try some anoxanamon yeah, on my face. By the anoxema. <laughs> let's see. Anoxanamon. He encounters Helen Grosvenor, played by stage actress Zita Johan, a woman who bears a resemblance to the dead princess and whom Imhotep believes to be the reincarnation of his dead lover. Opposing Karloff's villain are Edward Van Sloan as Dr. Mueller, Arthur Bryan, Byron, Arthur Byron as Sir Joseph Wimple, and David Manners as Frank Wimple. The picture was directed by Carl Freund, the cinematographer responsible for Fritz Lang's landmark 1927 silent film Metropolis, and for Universal's 1931 adaptation of Dracula. We've done that show, haven't we, Fat? We have. And it's available wherever podcasts can be found. Shameless. Shameless. Can't help it. I know. Here's an interesting bit of trivia. Freund would go on to work for Desilu Productions, the company that made the classic sitcom I Love Lucy. He designed a system called the Flat Lighting System, which allowed the production to use three moving cameras and not have to adjust lighting between takes. He also shot the I Love Lucy show on film, and many critics have said that the decision is what led to its extended life and syndication. You love I Love Lucy, don't you? I really do. Yes. Pretty neat little tie-in, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. So the story for the film was inspired by the 1922 opening of King Tutankhamun's tomb and the Curse of the Pharaohs, the alleged curse that falls upon anyone who disturbs the eternal rest of a mummy. Universal producer Carl Limley Jr. wanted an Egyptian-themed horror movie to be the next picture after the double successes of Dracula and Frankenstein. Story editor Richard Scheer and screenwriter Nina Wilcox Putnam wrote a nine-page treatment called Cagliostro about a 3,000-year-old magician living in San Francisco. John L. Balderston, who had worked on the stage adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula, 
he contributed to both that film and Frankenstein, was hired to write this film. He had worked as a journalist for the New York World and had covered the opening of King Tut's tomb. He was also a student of history and was fascinated by Egypt. Originally, the character of Imhotep was going to seek revenge on all women who looked like his ex-lover, but Balderston changed it to the reincarnation love story we have in the finished movie. That would have been a much different movie I know. <laughs> where where would it stop, and how would you decide? You know, oh, well, she looks enough like her that I'm going to kill her. <laughs> you know, well, this one, the personality just reminds me of her, so I'm I'm going to get her. You know, the music here was by James Dietrich, who wrote a beautiful motif for the picture. And once again, like Dracula and Frankenstein before it, the Mummy makes use of Swan Lake in its opening credits. The makeup is by the legendary Jack Pierce. Karloff said this makeup was the most arduous of his entire career. The bandaged look of Imhotep took eight hours to apply. The film was released on December 22nd, 1932, and is a classic in the Universal Monster Movie canon. Karloff's image as Imhotep was honored with a U.S. postage stamp. The film inspired a series of mummy movie follow-ups in the 1940s that featured a different undead antagonist named Karis, inspired the Hammer Films remake of 1959 starring Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, was remade in 1999 as an action thriller starring Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weitz, and John Hanna, and again in 2017, as a vehicle for Tom Cruise and an attempt to establish a shared cinematic universe for the Universal Monsters, a la the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, Faith, what did you think of 1932's The Mummy, starring Karloff the Uncanny? I think this is a really, really good film. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Solid. It's very good. It's great. Got great atmosphere. Got great performances from the entire cast. Mm-hmm. Uh I feel like this is a retelling of 1931's Dracula. Mm -hmm. Did you catch the similarities between Uh, this film and 1931's Dracula? Does it feel like a a remake? I'm losing that. I'm using that term loosely. Does it? Does it feel like a remake? I wouldn't say remake. I would say you know, maybe highly inspired. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, uh, because Balderston uh, wrote. You know, he contributed to both of them. If you A B some of the scenes, it's the Mm -hmm. same thing. The talisman is a crucifix and Dracula in this uh, little statue Mm -hmm. uh, thing in this movie. A lot of similarities. Right. Um, But they still feel different enough to be their own in a way. Right. So that's why I mean I won't say it's a complete remake, but. I definitely see the the influence is, yeah. is definitely there. Do you, do you have a preference uh, out of the two? And and I think you know it could be the case could be made that they're very much the same movie right. in a lot of respects. Do you have a preference? I think I go with Dracula just for the darker gothic vibe of it. Just that's where I usually tend to lean. Um, but I like them both. I mean, I can't complain about this movie at I, all. I, I don't. I can't pick one. I like them both. Yeah, I really do like <laughs> but them if you both. Had to pick one. I, I would probably Originally. say Dracula just for the same reason that you did with the Probably's fog, shocked. with the fog and the uh, gothic look. That feels a lot darker than this. Yeah, this it movie, just feels more horrific, you know. Like, yeah, just yeah. The whole setting of it. Yeah, uh, it. we're going to get into more of what this movie kind of is, how it differs from 1931's Dracula. So. Let's talk about that story. Uh, here we have an almost tragic romance, something we don't have too often here on the Late Night Fright. What do you think of the way the story is told and of the motivations of our main booger here, the undead Imhotep? You're definitely right about, you know, that kind of tragic romance with these monsters. It's very, very rare that we do that here. But I love that story. There's almost a sympathetic quality to it. I was almost. Just, just about to say that. You almost. almost feel bad for him. <laughs> 
if he wasn't such a murdering bastard. Right. <laughs> right. Murdering. But you, but you really do. Sacrilegious, there's evil, a, dirty bastard. There's a, there's a slight soft spot for him, you know. Yeah, it's an interesting take. This is the first time you see that. Now, I want to add this, too, with the Dracula comparison, the incarnation, reincarnation, I should say, of the lover that a lot of people attribute to Dracula is actually not something that's prevalent in the original Bram Stoker book. But when they did the 1979 Frank Langella film, but especially the, uh, I say 1979 Frank Langella film, the 1992 Gary Oldman film that Francis Ford Coppola directed, really drew heavily from the mummy in the love story with the reincarnation. Um, so it's had an influence on Dracula, which is kind of funny considering it was influenced so heavily by Dracula. So in, in later versions of that, which I think is pretty neat, that but cool. I think it's cool to see kind of an anti-hero in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. It's a kind of, it's kind of a cool story. What do you think of Karloff here? Oh man, he's amazing as always. I can't say anything bad about what him. What about his presence? He really is creepy when you think about it. I told you before we recorded that I felt a little cheated <laughs> that he wasn't yes. fully dressed as a mummy for a good bit. You know, I mean, you see him in that opening scene when he's... First 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of wanted more of that. But regardless of that, he was still... What do you think of the eyes opening? Because oh. that to me is maybe one of the most defining moments of his career. The timing of all that, yeah. the way the lighting <laughs> is hitting him. The way it's illuminating those little slit of eyeball mm-hmm. that you get from him, I love yeah, that's that moment. Yeah, one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. His eyes in general through the whole movie. He just, I always say that, but there's something yeah, in his eyes. Something magnetic yeah. about him here. I've said this before on the show. There's something predatory about him in this uh, that is part of the character, but he could really play that very well. Mm-hmm. As nice a man as he was, gentle Boris could really go there with the with the dark side of his personality and human nature. What did you think? Uh, because we get to hear him speak here. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just coming on the heels of Frankenstein where he doesn't speak. Uh, some would argue that he is speaking, even though he's not speaking in that movie. Um, through those grand gestures he has. But what did you think of his voice? Because And I'm not making fun of that that lisp that he had. What, what did you think of, of that? It didn't bother me. I'll let Jernum speak. Uh I think it was fitting for this movie. I mean, maybe any other, you know, I don't think I could see Frankenstein talking like that, <laughs> but, right. you know, I think this right. is okay. I think that, I think his voice adds something uh-huh. to this. I think this proves what a great actor he was. You know, just, it, it's like, he's, he won the one trick pony from right. Frankenstein. I, I really do, do like him here. How does Imhotep compare to the monster for you? <sighs> I, I like the monster. <laughs> I love the mummy. I love Miss the Mummy, but there's something about Frankenstein that he just stands out. But he does remind me several uh, several moments when he's standing, the way he moves, his presence, that he kind of reminds me of Frankenstein somewhat. Well, he looks taller than he really is in the movie, just right. like in Frankenstein, because mm-hmm. he was only five eleven, but he seems like six four here. Mm-hmm. You know, and as Frankenstein, he had some lifts, so right. he was taller. But his presence is amazing. You know, what he brings to it mm-hmm. is amazing, and I'm always in awe of him because he plays characters that are so unlike himself. Exactly. And I know that's acting, but it's <laughs> right. still that he was able to do this and, right. and bring out that that dark, twisted side is yeah. is really amazing i've always had a soft spot for the mummy i think that the frankenstein creature uh will always be in my heart but and, and it's number one you know as far as karloff goes but there's something really great 
and disturbing about the mummy that he could do so dark and evil. Yeah, I mean, you know, because he's not evil as Frankenstein. Right. Well, yeah, that's that's. I'm not knocking the yeah. mummy at all. There's there's. You would think, you know, everybody thinks Frankenstein's. If they haven't seen it, he's obviously a monster, and you know what I'm saying. But he's so much darker here, and it's it's incredible to see. I loved him. Yeah, he really, to borrow a phrase that you like, he really pulls you in. Mm-hmm. He he really is the anchor for this movie. Yeah, you know, even when he's not on screen, you're you're feeling his presence, mm-hmm. which is which is amazing. So, uh, the character of Helen Grosvenor, played by Zita Johan, she was a really interesting character in her own right. She was a Broadway stage actress, considered to be one of the tops in her field. She was also a drama queen, uh, heavily. She um, fixed her lighting for an interview one time, even though it wasn't being filmed. Uh, she believed in reincarnation. She was with John Huston for a long time, the legendary filmmaker. Uh, what did you think of her in this film? I think she was fitting in a way, but she also kind of got up on nerves. <laughs> yeah, I like the character. Yes. I had some problems with her at times. Now, let me give you a little historical background here. If Catherine Hepburn hadn't left New England and gone to California there's a good chance she would have been in this movie playing that role. That would have been really interesting mm-hmm. to see Catherine Hepburn going up against Boris Karloff. Mm-hmm. What are you supposed to be? Some kind of mummy? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, would have been wonderful. But Zita Johan, um, she's awesome. And then there's times where I'm going, what are you doing? Right. And well, there's times where you feel for her. And then there's times where you're completely annoyed by her. Well, I read that. I don't know who it was. Was it the director or... Okay, so Carl, yes, Carl Freund, who uh, could best be described as a rotund man, he was a very large man, job of the hut almost, and uh, they did not get along. This was his first film, and she says that he made life hell for her. I don't know if that's true or not, like if that's her saying that, you Mm -hmm. know having you know sour grapes or whatever but uh yeah it was not a pleasant working relationship she did not like being in this movie she liked boris karloff yeah she enjoyed karloff a lot Mm -hmm. and uh i think the feeling was mutual between them but um, i think karloff got along with most everybody i'm sure but uh yeah carl freund uh did not yeah they, they they butted heads quite a bit and I'm not saying he was a perfect gentleman and all this, but from what I've read about her, she was very much a drama queen. Um, she just, I mean, you can kind of see that. I feel like she has these moments yeah. of like, just way over the top, like, hmm, that doesn't really need to be there. <laughs> you know, I don't know. She wasn't yeah. my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the character, though. Yeah, me too. I really like the character. But speaking of great characters, we have a great character we're gonna, about to talk about. Our old buddy, Edward Van Sloan, is back as a Van Helsing-type character. And here he plays Dr. Mueller. What did you think of Dr. Mueller and of Edward Van Sloan? And are the characters of Mueller and Van Helsing interchangeable for you? Well, first, yes. I think they are, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like, hey, we got to have a Van Helsing-type character. <laughs> well, we got Edward Van Sloan under contract. What's he doing? Well, he's not doing anything. Well, get him over well, here. Yeah, get him. Yeah, get I him mean, over here again. They changed the haircut. <laughs> yeah, which is which is about it. He was one of my favorite parts um, of this movie. He always brings something. Again, he brings that open-minded, you know, scientist to the to the movie. Quirky open-mindedness, and I love it. Yeah, and it just it belongs there. It's not like he know. was my favorite part of these movies as a kid. Like I always loved Edward Van Sloan as that authoritative figure, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing here. He knows, but people kind of you know ostracize him because of what right. he knows. And then uh, M. Hotep fears him. What I did like in this movie that Edward Van Sloan does is he steps to Boris Karloff's M. Hotep a little more than he did to Bela Lugosi's mm-hmm. Dracula. I love that they did that, and 
He's kind of got balls of brass. He <laughs> really does. I, I think he's amazing. I, I think, think it's a great character. Too. What did you think of their standoff? I liked that scene. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Right, and uh, and Muller tells him, uh, "If I could uh, reach around your neck, I would I would uh, squeeze it until your cracked skin, you know, you just crack or something." I forget what the exact verbiage is, but it's like, yeah, you believe him? Yeah. Like, yeah, I would destroy you. Yeah. You know, go less Grossman, Tom Cruise from Tropic Thunder style on him. You know, I'm talking <laughs> scorched earth. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Boris. <laughs> oh man. Um. We've said this already, that the movie doesn't quite have the gothic quality of Dracula, Frankenstein, or the old dark house, but the sets are absolutely beautiful. What did you think of the look of the film, and do you think it works fine without the gothic looks of those other movies we've talked about? And I would like to add that all of those movies we have done here on The Late Night Fright, they're available wherever podcasts are found. That is correct. And shameless. <laughs> shameless. But uh, the look of the film, what did, what did you think? I love the way it looked. Um, I don't believe mummies should have that gothic look to them i yeah i never have it's just not not in egypt uh one of the sequels is in the south and it works with the gothic look but the egypt yeah the egyptian thing is not a gothic thing to me there is a certain look to those movies though and i don't know how to describe it do you know how to describe it talking about the gothic movies no like mummy movies there's a certain look to them they're bright yeah but yeah but i feel like there's a certain i don't know yeah, I want to describe them somehow, but <laughs> very, very influenced by the architecture of Egypt. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I know what you mean. I don't know uh, exactly yeah. how to word it, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think they should be gothic. So I'm totally okay with that. But I think the movie's beautiful. In, I mean, I loved every, every, uh, every scene. It was loved yeah. what was going on. This is an A plus. It's an A plus movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Boris is great. The whole cast is great. Um, and speaking of Zita Johan, as we mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. she could be very dramatic and difficult. Mm-hmm. And uh, she really loved Boris Karloff. And she said in an interview later in her life that there was a deep pain in him that she could see through his eyes. Now, she was very into spiritualism and some out there stuff. Uh, but she says she could see it in his eyes and feel it. Can you see it and feel it in Boris's eyes? And let me say something. This is not something I notice as a younger man, but as I've gotten older, I'm starting to kind of see it a little bit. But you you have an interesting take on this, I think. Yeah, I think the first time I ever saw him, that's the first thing I noticed. There's something in his eyes that have always, they it just stands out. So, of course I see it. I, I do think he had pain. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it came from, but he was able to channel it that. into these great creations and i think the world's a better place for it because as we talked about flea gave that great uh speech at the rock and roll hall of fame when Mm -hmm. he inducted metallic and how great it is to be able to put your pain out and 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 transfer it into something better and positive and and be rid of it and it and it you know alchemically changes into something positive and i think he was able to do that you know i don't know what that pain was i'd like to know i don't know or maybe i don't no that's his yeah that's his yeah, I mean, I think there's a reason we, yeah. we don't know, you know. Yeah. So I've never heard anything dark or you know Mm-mm. anything like that, you know, weird, you know, Mm-mm. ritualistic or occult about him. Like, no, he's he, you know, went through it like everyone else, huh. as far as I know. Um, but, it's an interesting question though, but yeah, yeah, I did see it. You said, oh yeah, I see it. And I went back and looked. You can see it. He's channeling I've, that. I've pain. always seen it though in every every role. I always see it. I always say there is something in those eyes and. He he brings it, he brings every character out through those eyes. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, he's amazing. Where is he on your list of horror movie stars? And not that you have to number it, but oh, like man, is he's, he's yeah. He, yeah, 
might be number one. So speaking of list, uh, we've done three bona fide Universal classics: mm-hmm. Dracula, Frankenstein, now the Mummy. Do you have a favorite of those? Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Any any particular reason why? I don't know. He just. He's got a spot there. I don't know. <laughs> There's something about that movie yeah. that I love, too. As much as I love that movie, the movie we're doing next week as part of our Universal series, Bride of Frankenstein from 1935, is my favorite Universal monster movie and my favorite horror movie of all time. It's right up there with Nightmare on Elm Street. It's right above it. Oh, wow. If you can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, do you have anything else you would like to add about 1932's The Mummy? I think this is a really I, wonderful movie. Yeah, I think that's it. Um yeah, I think that's it. Uh, this was a great movie. I'm glad we got to do it. Right. And I got to finally watch it. You've been looking forward to this one. Any yeah. particular reason? Just Boris? Just and Boris. Old, and, yeah. uh, you know, you kind of introduced me to these, you know, Frankenstein, Dracula, all these classic movies. So um, I wanted to dive in. Watch more of them, you know? Why Very not? good. And we'll be doing the uh, sequels to this and the uh, remakes as well, eventually, somewhere down the road. But, uh yeah, so kicking off October, I think, in, in great style. This I, I highly recommend this movie to mm-hmm. anyone. Oh, me too. Anyone who hasn't seen it. This is part of the essential canon of the Universal Monsters. I'm really glad you enjoyed this one. Because oh, yeah. I picked this, and, and I always like it when you haven't seen something and you like it. So It's very this rare. great. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. So, as we said, all those other episodes on Dracula and Frankenstein and the old Dark House and House of Frankenstein are available wherever podcasts can be found. Another shameless plug, so... We're going to take a very short break. Right. When we get back, we have a new thing we're going to be doing in October. Right, Faith? Mm-hmm. I think all of you out there are really going to enjoy this. So I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. It's Harpo Isosceles, disenchanted millennial, hater of capitalism, lover of YouTube videos. WKMF has given me a new show, YouTube Reactions. Who can forget this gem from 2015 when the Force Awakens trailer came out? Chewie, we're home. So happy. Or what about when the first trailer for Infinity War came out? Dude, seriously? We're the Avengers. I'm Iron Man. Yeah! Yeah! So join me, Harpo Isosceles, disenchanted millennial, hater of capitalism, lover of YouTube videos for YouTube reactions only here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want to let you know that we are on the World Wide Web. That's the interwebs, isn't it, Faith? That's what I like to call it, the interweb. www.latenightfright.com. And we are also on the gram. We are. You can check us out at the Late Night Fright Podcast. Or you can also follow my personal page, I'm a Normal Alien. You're not exactly normal, but that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Check out the website. You can subscribe to our mailing list. And if you like the show, please give us a review and subscribe and all that good stuff. You know us. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. You got that right. We'll see you on the other side.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we've been talking about 1932's universal monster movie classic, The Mummy. And Faith, I'd just like to add that I think that movie is about not opening doors you're not supposed to. I think that's good life advice. That's very good. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful who you let in. And I mean in the physical and the spiritual. Be careful what you ask for and what you let in. Don't play with powers you don't understand. Exactly. So I want to go back to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, The Windy City comeback when the gentleman asked her how she liked her eggs in the morning, and she said, unfertilized, thank you. And that look is back on your face. The stone look. Why don't you think this is funny? I don't know. Okay. Well, I have her on the phone, and she and I are going to reenact this scene. And I, and you're going to see how funny it is. Maybe it lost something in my delivery. That is that is Maybe. that is possible. Or your delivery, whoever. You did it earlier. Yeah. The delivery. Now, we have our crew. Our crew is back. The staff and the crew here at WKMF Cozy Corner. If you, Faith, if you look right through there, they are. Hey, you guys. As the handsomest and prettiest bunch of misfits I've ever seen in my life. What do you think, Faith? I agree. Yeah, we love the crew over here. Uh, let's see. So we have Windy City on the phone, and they're going to be the judge of this. The crew is going to be the judge of whether or not this is funny. So, Faith, are you ready to sure. do this? Are you ready to do this? Okay, here I'm we go. Ready. All right, Windy, you're there. Hi guys. Well, hello, Miss Windy City. Okay, so Windy, this is what we're gonna do. This is this is to see if Faith can can crack a laugh here at this because I think this is one of the great comebacks of all time. Are you ready, Windy? I'm ready. Okay, so we're gonna do this exactly how it went down at Chicken Strips. Sure, right. sure, you're down with this. I'm down. Okay, here we go. So I'm gonna play the part of the drunk patron. You be you. That's what you do best. We all love you here at WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. All right, here we go. Uh, hey baby, uh, how do you like your eggs in the morning? Unfertilized. Faith, do you hear that? They're they're laughing hysterically at that. That is one of the great comebacks of all time. I don't get it. Again, I respect it, but. It's not that funny. Well, I want to thank Miss Windy City for being a champ and playing along with us. She's great. We love her on WKMF. Cozy Corner Public Radio. That is the sultriest guest I believe we've ever had on the show. Definitely the sultriest phone call I think we've ever yeah. received. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So, well, it is October. And even though Faith doesn't think that is the most amazing comeback in the history of comebacks, you're wrong. You are right about something. She came up with this great idea that we're going to be doing here in October. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be picking uh, spooky music, Halloween-themed music. Um, what else, Faith? What, 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 what am I looking for here? Uh, music that has a Halloween bent to it, mm-hmm. uh, something you might play at a spooky Halloween party. Haunted house-type Haunted, deals. yeah. <laughs> kind of on the uh, darker, not even darker spectrum, just, just uh, you know, spooky. Yeah. Spooky. Some of them fun, some of them dark. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be picking a piece of score from a film or a television series and then also a pop tune. And we're going to be giving you those picks and playing them for you because we can because the show isn't monetized. We can <laughs> do that kind of thing here. Uh, who should go first, Faith? Me. You should go first. What is your <laughs> pick, Faith? I picked Love Potion number nine. By the Clovers yes. from 1959, I believe. Sure. <laughs> Written by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller, 
who wrote a lot of hit songs for Elvis. This is a great, great song. What led you to pick this song? I had it on a playlist, and it popped up. And I just like the sound. And it has a... Um American graffiti tie into it, so and we love American we, exactly. graffiti. Exactly. So we? I was like, "Why not?" <laughs> All right. So you know what we should do? What we should let Coyote introduce this because you know he used to DJ back in the day, and I'm we sure should. he's played this 45 oh, yeah, sure. a few times. Coyote, would you please introduce Love Potion number nine for us, just as you would have back in the day? Thank you very kindly. You are listening to WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio, and have I got a hit for you. This 45 came out in July 1959. It was recorded on June 8th, 1959 at Capitol Studios in New York City. This is a doo-wop classic by the Clovers, written by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. This went to number 23 on the U.S. charts. It charted on the R&B chart. This is love. Potion number nine. Be careful what you put into your bodies, boys and girls. Ow! I took my troubles down to Madame Ruth. You know that gypsy with the gold cap too. She's got a pad on 34th and Vine. Selling little bottles of love potion number nine. I told her that I was a flop with chicks. This way since 1956 She looked at my palm And she made a magic sign She said what you need is Love potion number nine She bent down and turned around And gave me a wink She said I'm gonna mix it up Right here in the sink It smelled like turpentine And looked like India ink I held my nose, I closed my eyes I took a drink it was a day or night I started kissing everything in sight But when I kissed the cop at 34th and Vine He broke my little bottle of love potion number nine And everything in sight But when I kissed the cop At 34th and Vine He broke my little bottle of Love potion number nine Love potion number nine Great pick, Faith. Thank you. I like that one a that lot. That song makes me happy. I know, me too. It makes me, <laughs> makes me very happy and very appropriate. I like the little, you know, great story tune, too. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't get too many story tunes these days. I know. Nice and spooky, mm-hmm. you know, nothing belligerent, no formal belligerence in that yeah. tune. So that was by the Clovers, which brings us to my pick. And I got the score end of the stick this week. I picked the Funeral March of a Marionette. Very nice. This is a classical piece that was used uh, to introduce the Alfred Hitchcock show. Mm-hmm. So this this is now associated with Mr. Hitchcock. And this was written in 1872 by Charles Gounod. And it was orchestrated in 1879. And this just, this just screams, you know, creepy vibes to me. Oh, yeah. You know, suspense and mystery and thrills and chills and everything that goes with Halloween. <laughs> what do you think? I totally agree. It's right. a great pick. It is a great pick. Here it is. The Funeral March of a Marionette. Mm-hmm. 
makes me think of the great director every time I hear it. I and love that, that great voice of his. Good evening. <laughs> yeah, kind of creepy, sinister voice they had. So we're going to be doing this all the way through Halloween. And next week, Faith will be picking a piece of score, and I will be picking a popular tune for our spooky music picks. So this was a lot of fun. This was a good idea. I know. I, this, I'm, I'm looking forward to what we both pick. This was a great idea. Weeks. I know. <laughs> great idea. So as we said, we were talking about 1932's The Mummy. Great film. I highly recommend it. Faith, you recommend this movie too, don't oh, absolutely. you? Absolutely. And how beautiful does this look also in the with the digital restoration that oh, they've done? It still looks new, doesn't it? It does. It looks amazing. Still looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we want to let you know that we uh, are still doing Cage Match Mondays. Uh, we're getting into the second round of that. TV Tuesday. That is still going on. We have uh, two TV Tuesdays for the next six weeks or so. We're going to be doing American Horror Story 1984, as well as following the Creep Show series that is on Shudder. And for the rest of October, we're going to be doing Universal Monster Movies. And we have some special stuff uh, for Halloween I think you're all going to really, really like. So next week's pick is The Bride of Frankenstein, another classic from our old friend James Whale, who did The Old Dark House. If we didn't say it enough at the beginning, we want to thank you all for stopping in to spend a little time with us here on our show. So, Faith, do you have anything you'd like to add? I think that's it. What do I hear? It's the goodbye music. It is. You know, we've had a great night. We really have. We really have. We have a great month coming up. Thank you all again for the great September that we had. It's all due to you, and you're the reason we do this show. If only one person was listening, we would still do this show. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending some time with us here in our cozy little corner of the world. Faith, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. We'll see you on the other side. This is a coyote for the late night fright with Dan and Faith. You've been listening to them talk about 1932's The Mummy. We hope you enjoyed it and you got some positive vibes from it. You know, the world can be a cruel, dark, depressing, and mean place. There's a lot of negative energy out there. We hope you got positive vibes from this show and you're able to carry those positive vibes out into that cruel world with you. And if you're out in that cruel world and you can't find those positive vibes, look deep into your heart. That's where they are. We'll see you next time.